to Beehive Eats. I'm Meg. I'm here with Irene. Hi, Irene. Hi. So Top Chef finale. Oh my gosh. Okay. I thought of you. I thought of you. And I was lot. like, I want to know <laughs> how Irene's feeling right now. Okay. Giving your Don't feelings. listen to this if you have not watched it and you don't want a spoiler because we are going to spoil this from the very beginning. So Buddha won Top Chef. He is Top Chef. And it's so funny you say that because this freaking show, I swear, it is such a good show that at the end when Buddha won, I had tears in my eyes. <laughs> I turned to Brandon and I said, I don't even like Buddha and I'm so happy for him. I also <laughs> cried. But I was like way more pro Buddha. I wasn't even pro Buddha, but I was way more pro Buddha than you I'm, were. I'm not anti Buddha. I just like oh, most of these, a lot of these people I would love to be friends with. Buddha is like not somebody I long to be sure. with, which is fine. Um, um, I was going back and before they had decided, I was going back and forth a lot between who was going to win. Was it going to be Evelyn or was it going to be Buddha? And I don't think it was like, I don't think he won by landslide. I think it was hard to decide. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I think Sarah's looked disgusting. Sarah's it looked like squirrel food. Very bad. <laughs> squirrel food. Like it was squirrels go into the forest and gnaw on leaves. That was the thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I can appreciate her. Um, point of view i guess i can appreciate like oh yeah like let's not waste food and let's like use all the food so yeah, like great love that don't give me <laughs> don't cow give me a, heart don't give me a, uh, acorn cake. acorn cake <laughs> but i thought it was kind of like clever that she used the buttermilk from her first dish as like to make the ice cream for her dessert yeah. like that was clever the corn broth. i really think her downfall was that rabbit just like no have you ever tried to cook rabbit i have cooked rabbit multiple times how i mean is it difficult they made it sound really hard um she did make it sound hard i've never cooked like she rolled so she had thin slices of rabbit and like rolled other things in it yeah and then cooked it like that so i think if you're doing was was it like other meats inside i can't remember it could have been. It could have been and i think it was maybe more like cheese and vegetable meat. hold on let's see rabbit Valentine, Valentine, with apricot, chestnut, and herb salad. Oh, so it's not like I mean, honestly, a rabbit rabbit cooks in my from my um, experience, rabbit cooks very quickly and okay. like tip typically. Well, the way I've had it is like braised, so it's like, um, so like I've had it like braised in like almost like a creme fraiche sauce or like you know something. It's like very delicate, so you're not cooking it at high heat and. It's really, really tender. Okay. Especially when you're like cooking it in what what does a it sauce. taste like? Um, it just tastes like tender. It doesn't really have a flavor, it just takes on the flavor of whatever you're So like chicken? In. Yeah. Okay. But it's like the the texture is better than chicken. I okay. think I think rabbit is actually pretty good. Okay. Um But it's not a red meat. It's not a red meat. Um I was confused though about how she was using how she was using the word miso because to me right miso is fermented soybeans that's literally what miso is so is did she but she, she said like turned bread into miso yeah, she's right like, so is it just I rotten have, bread yeah, a sourdough miso and then i have a corn or no and then i had a squa a butternut squash miso and i'm like that's not miso that's just fermented butternut squash or some sort of, how i don't know how she's fermenting already fermented dough like yeah. i don't understand what's going on is it there. just kombucha like what i don't know and i was confused by that i'm like i think she's using this word wrong but 
we'll we'll give it to her. I don't know. I think she is. I mean, here's here's my theory on Sarah. She did really well in top. What is it called? Last Chance Kitchen. Last Chance Kitchen, yeah. Because she was making a lot of the food that she already makes in her restaurant. Right. Which was like seemed delicious and great. However, Sarah in a new food, like making new food under pressure does not seem like successful. She's not like cool on her toes. Yeah. Yeah. She's not inventive. uh, The expression is like Evelyn, extremely good under pressure. She Mm -hmm. can like just crank it out and make everything look and seemingly taste delicious. Mm -hmm. And like. She works well under pressure. I feel like Sarah like does not do that very well. I agree. Which was her downfall, I think. I agree. Um Okay, wait. Should we jump back to the episode before? Because we didn't talk about that one, I don't think. Yes. Which was um yeah, which was when Damar was eliminated. And it was the one where they were highlighting cactus. In Chile Tapin. That's right. And it was in Sedona. And Sedona looks amazing. I want to go to Sedona. It looks yes. so gorgeous. Yes. Because when they were like, we're going to Tucson, they were like, yay, Tucson. <laughs> I'm like, this is... A- because it's still COVID. I forgot that they were filming this, like, still... I it, mean, it's still COVID now. I, but well, like, I know. But you know what I mean. Was it worse like, than now? No one was doing international travel still. Still? Even yeah, this? this was... They oh, were man. recording... Okay, okay, okay. Like, I feel like this was, like, six months ago. Okay. Um, so the last one, they met at the oldest family-run Mexican restaurant in the United States. And um, that was their their quick fire. Sarah won the quick fire. Um, she made a carne seca gravy over polenta with okay. a soft egg. I did not know what carne seca was. Did you? Dry meat when they brought down those cages i was like are we gonna watch them slaughter an animal like on (laughs) jurassic park what was it explain it so they had these like cages up in the sky (laughs) that they like use pulleys to bring down and are they drying the meat yeah oh like really thin strips of beef that then they shred and added to their dishes oh okay well there you go so that was like the thing they had to include in the quick fire. And then they had to do okay. the chill tepine and all of these like cacti from this garden. They yeah, yeah, to. yeah, yeah. Um, so they had to make one savory dish and one sweet dish highlighting cactus and chili tepine. Um And Sarah received an extra 30 minutes of cooking time. Kristen Kish was on this episode. You know I love Kristen Kish. I know Kish. you love her. She is great. She is so great. She and doesn't then, like lamb, and I'm like solidarity. I also don't like lamb. I don't really like lamb either. It's too gamey. It's kind of gamey. That's yeah. how I feel about goat, too. So when Evelyn Ugh, made goat, I was goat like, Goat is rough. I've only had it once, but I'm like, Ugh. It's inedible. <laughs> um, It was very greasy, like very fatty when I had it. It's just the taste. I can't get over that gaminess. Ugh. Um... So Evelyn won that one. She made, okay. Oh, she made the nopal rellenos with shrimp puree. And then um, she made a or- sour orange and sweet lime curd. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, her food always looks so good. So good. And then, I mean, honestly, I feel like I've traveled, I've gone out of town twice since this episode. So it's like very far in my memory. But Damar sadly got voted off mm-hmm. and i feel like it was time for him like i was surprised he was um 
I was surprised he was still there, to be honest. And I just liked him as a person. Yeah. He, I, I was like rooting for him his, as like, an individual. His expressions and his reactions were always very entertaining yeah. and really funny. Yeah. He seemed like he a was cool like, guy. He was always like throwing his brow and like acting surprised. Like he was really, <laughs> he was really cute. I, I, if I could have picked who were, who was going to be in the finale, I would have picked Nick and Evelyn and Buddha. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Sarah did like, play, like she did do really well though like i think she deserved to be there based on all the things that she won but i was just surprised you know totally um okay finale so they're cooking for chef eric repair apparently who's like the biggest deal i know and i was like world. he must own french laundry and he doesn't <laughs> he's not even the chef at french laundry so it's like you, what, it's a new know? york restaurant called board Bord- bernardine 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 Bernadine, is that how you say it? Bernadine. And then um, all the usual suspects, and they're all freaking out. He got three star Michelin. I mean, he has three Michelin stars for that restaurant. Have you been to a, like, a Michelin-rated restaurant? Have we talked about this already? I mean, like in Italy, a lot of them are. They have Michelin stars. Did that you, you know, went to? I didn't know until this year that Michelin... The restaurant guide and the tires were the same company. No, when I was looking up the other day, I was like, "That same marshmallow guy is on there." Yeah. And I'm like, "What? Isn't that Why weird? Why are they connected? Because they wanted more people to travel, so they'd buy more tires." No. Yes. Really? Yeah, and but then it became like this prestige thing. Oh, that is crazy. Right. So yeah, in Italy we ate at some, but they weren't like expensive. Yeah, I don't think they're always re- expensive. But I think typically they are probably, huh? Uh, like, I think if you're in Paris, probably. Or New York, probably. Um, but I don't remember the names of any of them. Yeah, I don't you? think I have. I've been to, like, you know, there's a um, the restaurant in the Venetian in Vegas. Yeah. That, the original one in San Francisco has a Michelin star. Oh, okay. But not the one in Vegas. So I've had the one in Vegas, but... Same menu? I think. I don't know. Oh, Bouchon. So it's the Bouchon in the Venetian. That one in San Francisco has the Michelin. And it's French, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's really cute in the Venetian. I really like that place. Um, Eric owns this three-time three Michelin. I don't even know how the Michelin rating system Michelin works. is three stars are the most. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Eric, or is that his name? Eric, yeah. Eric Repair has um his restaurant, La Bernadette in New York, has a three-star Michelin rating. Must be nice, Must Eric. be nice. So Buddha makes an ode to his family and the food they like, kind of. Um, Starting with this, like, broth that has caviar and seafood and... All kinds of delicate ingredients. Yeah. Hamachi sauce with van Jean caviar, apple, and sweet potato bees. I was confused what he meant by bees. Well, I think because they're doing all of the, um, what are they called? You know, the little stencil things that they did for all of them. So that was oh, a sweet potato. Oh, his little twill. Tw- twill. Twil. Yeah, it was a twill. Um, Sarah made a beef heart tartare, which... I just, I cannot believe she made them eat raw heart. That is disgusting. I, and I know like all meat when you think about it is disgusting, but I just can't like heart. I can't do it. No. 
every time they bring it around in that one, what's that restaurant where they bring you the meats? Um, you know what I'm talking about? It's like the Brazilian restaurant where they bring yeah, you the like meats. Two, two. <laughs> we are so bad at this today. Yes, Rodizio. Yeah. They bring the heart. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try it. And I can't. No, I can't. No, I don't think I've no. ever had heart. And uh-huh. I don't think I want to. I think it looks disgusting. And I don't want to do it. And her miso butter, sourdough miso butter. And she made like a focaccia, which was the only part that looked edible to me. I did think like I did. Tom's comment was like, it was really like great that you made the made your own bread. And like it was like outdoorsy type of meal. Yeah. Um, And I, I think... I agree with his comment. However, like serving. So was the whole tartare heart? No, there was also just like other beef parts. I've actually never had tartare. I've had beef tartare. It's fine. It I prefer cooked beef. So gross. It's not. It's really it's fine because there's it just tastes like other things. It just tastes like the salt that they put in. Oh, OK. It. But I mean, the texture texture wise, it sounds like not great. Although maybe it's like I mean, like. I mean, I it's like sushi. the inside of a steak. Yeah, I guess. But you have the outside to balance it out, you know? Yeah. Anyway, not not something I ever crave, I would say. Then Evelyn made a hamachi, scallop hamachi, right? Um, With I'm radish. She made a scallop crudo with crickly crudo. pear and citrus broth, sweet potato, and crispy quinoa. Her food just looks so good. They it were talking about good. how the oil... She put like a chili oil on top and they were saying that that really helped balance it out. Um, yeah, I swear on this on this show, if you have a flavorful broth, that is going to shoot you up to the top. They freaking love They love broth. a broth. <laughs> Which I'm like, they love people, a consomme. People they love do a broth. things other than stir the powder <laughs> into water and put it in the microwave. Um, Buddha also by the end was like, pretty sentimental about things and it made me feel like he was less of a robot that Mm, was my whole like issue with him a lot of the time was he just seems like he has no feelings but i did love the um criticism that he received from repair where he was like his food is like from the 90s which is hilarious because it really is it's like fine dining in the 90s like looked a certain way and it's what buddha makes his to look like he's like it's so funny because chefs in the 90s felt so restricted by this aesthetic. Yeah. And they couldn't like really cook how they wanted to because it had to look a certain way. And that's right. how Buddha's cooking now. And I'm like, that is true. He He's like so seems very, driven. yeah, like very obsessed with the technique and like the way it looks and like making it look like a certain way. But I mean, it got, it got him to top chef. So can't, can't throw shade at that, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think give him another decade and he'll like figure it out, you know? Um, second course, he made like a more yummy looking seafood. <laughs> there was like lobster and crab, crab. Um, a Penang laksa with can. So is he Thai? He is from Australia, but I think ethnically he talks about like, I want to say Mongolia, doesn't he? Or like Malaysia, he talks about Malaysia, Malaysia, but he doesn't ever say, I don't think what his actual ethnic background is. Like, I don't. I don't think we know. Because he made a Thai soup last episode, but I guess I make Thai soup and I'm not Thai. So. <laughs> um, yeah. And did he say, did he say who that was like? He did. Each of these dishes was like inspired by somebody in his family. I think with his mom. Okay. And then Evelyn made, this wasn't the goat, right? This was. This was crystal dumplings. Crystal dumplings. Shrimp and corn. Corn broth. These delicate 
see-through dumplings. Oh my gosh, they looked, looked good. Amazing. They looked really. They good. loved the dumplings. I love a small dumpling. I love dumplings. Um, there's like uh, you know, you can get like frozen um gyoza or like wontons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a brand that makes them mini sized. It's a Korean brand. I think it's called like BB BBGo. Okay. You can get them at Smith's, Costco, whatever, but they make mini like wontons. Yeah. And they are like the perfect meat to meat to skin ratio, like for dumpling. I am obsessed okay. with them. Okay. They are so good. That sounds amazing. Anyway, I made them recently. Um, and then Sarah made. Was this the rabbit? Rabbit. The rabbit balancing, and they were all like, "Uh, mine is both overcooked and undercooked." Oh, I just like the fact that she could undercook rabbit with that thin is like so surprising to me. Yeah, because it's a lot so of questions. thin. I don't know. She did not do great. I will say I loved seeing Jackson on this episode. Oh, freaking Their sous Jackson. chefs are great. And Joe and I can't remember who else was. I watched this with Ivy. It's like our favorite show now. Oh, and, fun. Uh, Evelyn's partnership. She's like, who's that? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I, have, I think you <laughs> went home Joe. the first week. <laughs> um, then for the third course, Buddha made lamb. Oh, wait. Sorry. That was Sarah's third course. Her second course was a squash dumpling with corn. Oh, and they said there was way too much going on. Yeah. So the third course for Buddha was lamb. Mm-hmm. And their criticism was it was too buttoned up, which is funny. <laughs> Evelyn well, made. And, but he made an eggplant. So this like a miso roasted eggplant and everyone was dying over the eggplant. That sounds they're amazing. Like, they're like, this is better than anything on the dish. It should have been bigger. Um, and then he made egg eggplant twill leaves. And this is the goat for Evelyn. Evelyn made goat and she called it like a curry, curry, which would mean that she had cooked the meat inside of it, but she didn't. It yeah. was like a sauce. And so they're like, mo- she's just a curry mole. Coherent. Yeah. So I bet the sauce was delicious. I know. Put it on something else. And though. well, it was ballsy that she made goat for the woman that owns the restaurant yeah. that makes goat. And the woman really liked the goat. Yes. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> and then their final course, Evelyn made like a a twill that they all oh lost their minds gosh. over. It looked it so looked good. So good. Do you think it was the over she apparently she put too much gelatin in her panicotta um, panicotta and that turned some people off to her dessert. Um and I'm like, is that what made her lose top shot? I don't I think do. so. I really don't think they thought that goat dish was successful. Bunuelo. A bunuelo like that bunuelo looked amazing. So good. Oh my gosh. Buddha made a ode to pumpkin pie with this these insane really leaves. <laughs> and then like a maple caramel in the center and a milfoy. Mm-hmm. Um with and Sarah made a buttermilk ice cream. On top of acorn bread, which like I just can't. I want to believe her when she says it tastes like gingerbread. People loved that dessert. They did. They did. I just like it's gingerbread or it's not. You know, it's like when people say, "Oh, yogurt's the same as sour cream." It's like, no, it's not. I hate. It's not that substitutes so much. (laughs) Please, (laughs) just let me have sour cream. You know, um, and honestly, they loved all the desserts. Yeah. So. They had little nitpicky things about all of them. But at this point, to me, I was like, oh, Buddha's going to win. See, to me, I still was unsure until the very last You moment. knew it was going to be I knew it wasn't going to be Sarah. The rabbit yeah. really, like, just her. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, she could not win with the undercooked rabbit. So, um, but 
But I mean, Evelyn cooked. Her food was really good. Yeah. And she has been consistently good the entire season. I mean, whose food would I rather eat? Probably Evelyn's. Um... I want to eat both. Let's be honest. I do, but if Buddha's like food does look incredible. If someone was like, "Hey, we have one night in but re- Houston," <laughs> but remember Buddha's like, like homey, like pasta dish. Like, I want to eat. Yeah, that. that did look good, but that was the only time you'd made something <laughs> like that, right? I know, but and that's also like Evelyn like his, every like, week. Milfoy, his pumpkin Milfoy. That it looked good. Amazing. It looked good. It looked good. Sounds yeah, so but so good. was her thingy. I know. I know. I know. But Buddha was showier and very technique driven and he just is he's a very talented chef, obviously. Um, I was gonna ask you about the part. So always in the last episode of Top Chef, the chefs like the judges make them a meal. Mm-hmm. And so Tom made something and Padma made something and who else was there? Oh, I think the guy, Eric Eric mm-hmm. made something and I am always like, is Padma like nervous to cook around these like real chefs? I'm always like, is Padma, can she cook? Well, she has multiple cookbooks. Okay, well, so does Chrissy Teigen. (laughs) I mean, like, you know. Well, that's, and I'm like, actually, Padma probably is so confident. Like a person who's been a model and a host, like, and just like somebody who's like that. Like, she's got to be extremely confident. I heard a Fresh Air interview with her and she's like a little... I don't want Padma to hear this if she listens, but maybe a little too <laughs> we will confident. Never get, we will never get on Top Chef restaurant. Like, I know, I restaurant know, wars. I know. Um, <laughs> but like, I think that she might not be a chill hang is the I can, impression I, can I, get. That. I can Which that. like, how, how could she be? Good, you good know? for her. She had to be married to <laughs> Salman, Salman Rushdie. Rushdie for several years. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. We yeah. feel for her. Um, before we move on, we, Lisa, Lisa, I'm sorry if I'm saying your name incorrectly. Maybe it's Lisa. I don't know. But she lives in Houston and she's like, I just want you guys to know how much good food there is in Houston. I was like, well, tell me about the good food. And she sent me a list and I'm going to read these really quick. Okay. For anyone who's traveling to Houston, she has broken these down into categories. Tex-Mex, which like obviously delicious Tex-Mex in Houston. Oh, I would love to. Original Ninfas, Lupe Tortilla, El Tiempo, Tacos, Teria Caliente, Gude, Good, <laughs> it's good, Company, Taqueria, <laughs> Mexican, Chuchara, Hugo's, Carniceria, Agual, Salitas. Okay, I'm reading these on the fly. I'm sorry. Cielito Lindo, La Fisheria, Coracal. Seafood, Good Company Seafood, Liberty Kitchen, Asian, Wanabao, Izzy Kaya, MF Sushi, Oishi, Golden Dim Sum, Who's Cooking, Pho Saigon, Thai Gourmet, Barbecue and Steaks, Good Company Barbecue, Papa's Steakhouse, Truth Barbecue, Killens, Burgers and American, Boss Cat, Lakeford Grocery, Champ Burger, Barnaby's, Bex Prime, The Annie Cafe, Nancy's Hustle, that sounds fun, The Breakfast Club with a K, Pastries and breakfast, common bond, Brazil, tiny boxwoods, brothers taco house, Dang, did Chiloso, she make this list herself? Tout sweet. Yes, and she's eaten at all but four of these. And then everything wow. else, Blue Dorn, Aporta, Bihan, Bravery Chef Hall, Nico Nico, Squabble, Flour, and Cream Ice Cream. And then her top five oh of all of these. If you're in Houston for one day, go to all five <laughs> of these places. Blue Dorn, Caracol, Wana Bao. Brothers oh Taco gosh. House. You and need to just write sushi. these down. This is way too hard. Well, but I appreciate. If you anybody still. is going to Houston, 
go there. Find Lisa, yoga underscore L-I-S-S on Instagram. Maybe she doesn't want her handle out there. Are you private, Lisa? <laughs> um, and she will have recommendations for you. Okay, thank you for that. Thank you, Top Chef, for being another wonderful season. Um, before we end, I also have been meaning to talk about this, um, and I keep forgetting. I don't. Are we? We're doing a separate episode on food, though. For no, we're doing one long episode. We're doing one long episode. Yeah. Okay, so let me bring this up. Okay, so Utah has won the restaurant. In Utah has won its first James Beard <gasps> what, Award. What is it? Hell's Backbone. Oh, I haven't been. Have you I been? I know. I haven't been either. We're going. But I won the James Beard. We're going. <laughs> Let's go. I think we can go in a day. How far is it? It's in Delta? Where is it? It's not Delta. I'm going to look it up right now. Boulder? I think it's Boulder, Utah. Hell's Backbone. Restaurant. Everyone who's been has like nothing. They're the obsessed with it. People are obsessed with it. Okay. It's called Hell's Backbone Grill and Farm. It is in Boulder, Utah. From where we are right now in Lehigh, Utah, it would take us three hours and 45 minutes. Ugh. Which <laughs> direction? South. How close to St. George? Oh, it's off the I-15. So, um, is it closer to Moab or St. George? It's like by Escalante and is it closer to Moab or St. George? That's a good question. Moab... No, Moab is more um, east. Yeah. And St. George is more south. So it's like kind of in between. Okay. Okay. I'm going um, to St. George next week. Maybe I can. Oh, St. George is not really that close. Like, how, like two <laughs> hours from St. George? Let me, I'll, let me Google it. Yeah, we're all going to wait while you Google this. This is important. St. George to Hell's Backbone is three hours. Are you kidding me? So it is equidistant from here and St. George. I can't go just <laughs> for a restaurant. One time, well, recently, this year, a few months ago, I went to St. George, and then I was like, uh, it's still spring break. Let's go to Moab after, thinking it's right next door. No. It's like a six-hour drive know. to Moab from St. George. I know. It was worth it. I love Moab, so I'm glad we went, but it was like, it was a full day of travel. <sighs> All right. Well, we'll get there eventually. Well, Congrats I would to love Hell's- to go to Hell's Backbone. And there were some semifinalists. Um... And the semifinalists were, so the Water Witch won for, do you know Water Witches? It's Mm-mm. like a bar. It's like a, I don't know. It's a bar by um, Gnome, that Japanese place. It's on, I want to say like 800 South. Yeah. Okay, cool. Kind of by um, that Mediterranean place. Um, I'm so bad at this today. <laughs> Not I really hope Steven does a good job editing. <laughs> we need to pay him more because I'm the one that bad. used to be on ninth and ninth. No, not Meza. Lazo. 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 It's, oh, ne- it's oh, near Lazis Kitchen. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> <woo>! <laughs> it's um, Monday. And then Valters won um not one, was a semi finalist for outstanding hospitality. Yeah. But the only one that very won hospitable. was Hell's Backbone. Okay. <sighs> It sounds so good. It does sound good. But um, four hours. It's really far. And is there, I mean, if you're in Boulder, let me know what there is to do in Boulder and I can convince my family that it's worth a trip to Boulder. Yeah. Okay. We're going to talk now about the things we've been cooking and eating and our favorite kitchen tool. So, Irene, you just got back from LA. I did. Tell me what you ate. Okay, so I went with... Um. 
a group. Uh, there were three of us, and we're all Korean. And so Fun. we went specifically to eat good Korean food because yeah. I'm sorry, Salt Lake, but the Korean food here is garbage. Wow. It is just offensive. Not no, good. I'm just kidding. I don't, I I'm not going to tell you specifics about which Korean restaurants are not good because I don't want to do that. But I'm just going to say the the good Korean here is is no comparison to what you can get in L.A. Hmm. And it's like here, it's like so many issues. It's a staffing issue. It's like all the things, right? Like maybe like clientele issues like i don't know sure but you go to la and there is freaking good korean food. okay what makes so, good korean food um um i mean the option like it's nice to have a, a barbecue option typical like a mm -hmm. lot of typical korean restaurants are like korean barbecue so there's a grill on the table people are grilling your meats for you so it's like super like freshly like grilled yeah um and also just like kimchi is good you know kimchi can kimchi gets old you have sure. to let it ferment but it also gets old so you don't want old kimchi like just a good selection like some like there's just not a lot of variety here on the things you can get anyway so we went to um two restaurants i'd never been to i my typical um last time i went to la i went to this place that i really love called kong ho dong it's in koreatown la and i took my kids they loved it and like it's just so good they grill your meats they have like a kind of a like i mean i don't know it's just like koreans do a lot of side dishes so like lots of great side dishes there um but this time i went to this place called dado and um apparently it is a restaurant that has been in a city called dado in korea and um they um it's like their first offshoot into somewhere else mm -hmm. um all, okay beautiful design in the restaurant itself like everything is new and pretty it's like bright and like not too bright but like mm -hmm. it's just so pretty the quality of the meats is truly incredible <laughs> <laughs> like um, do you, what do you think they do like partner with farms or something i don't know um Ranches, so I guess. um okay they've been okay dado sikdang is a famous korean ribeye steakhouse in korea with a long and rich history we have focused solely on serving the best korean ribeye steak since 1964 i do love a ribeye um and they slice it super thin mm -hmm. and then they do it on that like that grill yeah and i loved the way they um like the whole setup they get there's like you know the paper like the paper like placemat type things that yeah. they have so on theirs it was like okay we use this special type of fat on our grill and this fat is like an unsaturated fat from like i i want to say like the liver of a cow or something okay. like some sort of special fat that they're like using as they are grilling the meats and it's just like the they talk about the types of cuts that they're using. So they use a ribeye roll. They use a ribeye cap. They use a ribeye strip, like classic Korean cut, like all these different special cuts um, to like really optimize the flavor of the meat. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, like I have a picture of my friend, like her first bite of the ribeye and her face is just like, <laughs> like ecstasy. Just like she, it is just, it was incredible. It just was so, so good. It sounds amazing. Um, and then there was like a very specific cold noodle dish that I had never had. So it's like a cold, it's like in a cold broth and mm -hmm. it has like, I want to say collard greens, something like collard greens or like Swiss chard or something green. Okra, it could maybe. be like a, 
Korean vegetable that I'm not, I don't know the name of. Okay. And like these like um, super thin, like almost like soba, Mm -hmm. like super thin white noodle in like this really bright broth. It was delicious. That sounds amazing. So good. Okay. Other than, we also had another Korean restaurant called Parks Barbecue. Great. Like your more traditional Korean like restaurant. Very good. Would 100% recommend. Okay. That's some like Dado. I would not take my kids to parks. I would take my kids to. I don't know if that. Oh, okay. It's just like Dado's a little more elevated, a little less variety of things. Okay. Okay, but we also went to Republic. Have you been to Republic, or maybe they say Mm. Republic? Okay. I'm the. I'm so boring. Um, it's like a. It's like first of all, the building it's in is like this historic building, apparently erected by Charlie Chaplin. Okay. (laughs) I mean. He, I don't know if he was like, I want you guys to build this or like how he was involved because clearly, I mean, he's not an architect or anything, but sure. Um, it was beautiful and it's just like this old building. Um, it's in La Brea, mm-hmm. the La Brea area. Um, the, it's a French inspired, I guess, restaurant and menu. It and it had the most amazing pastries. We had these donuts, one was like a Nutella. I am very impressed. Meg just sneezed and you couldn't hear anything. Like, I cannot do that. <laughs> um, the donuts were amazing. Nutella like, donuts. Nutella filled donut. That sounds amazing. There was a um, creme brulee donut. So it was like oh. the the top was like, like crust, like crunchy sugar. Yeah. And then filled with like a creme pat. Yum. And then the other pastries we got, we got, I got this like banana Nutella, like, like flaky crust flaky pastry type thing mm-hmm. incredible so good we got the french toast we got a french omelet with this salad i don't know what it was about the salad the vinaigrette was so good i'm like is there anchovies in this what is this like i want to i want to eat this every day of my life it Have was literally made- just lettuce and vinaigrette and i wanted to eat it all look your plate have you ever tried to make a French omelet? No, it's impossible. This it's, is the fussiest little. <laughs> it's so hard. Oh my gosh. This is like one of the top chef things that gets people sent home. There's always, there, not always, there, there was a time where there were often um, French omelet quick fires. Yeah. And it is so hard to get. You know why? Because you get 15 minutes in, you're like, my eggs are not cooking. I'm turning <laughs> the heat up. And next thing you know, and your eggs burnt. are burnt. I know it has to be super flat, Ugh. no bubbles. There's nothing in it, super clean, like it. But that omelet was incredible. It was to die so for. good. Did they have like the the cheese inside it? They had cheese the inside, and then and then no, I don't know what kind of cheese. I don't think it's borsan. But there was just chives on top, and then the salad next to it. It was just honestly the perfect omelet. I'm gonna plate. try again. <laughs> it's mocking me. <laughs> Um, I think it's hard, though. Like, I don't think we should be able to. I think it's, like, for, like, really experienced chefs. <sighs> I'm just going to make crappy omelets and be fine with that. I do love just, like, a crappy <laughs> Denver omelet with a bunch of cheddar in it. Yes. Yeah. Um, Onions. And then I also went to Huckleberry, which is, in, we were staying in Santa Monica, so it was close to us. Huckleberry's great. I had a, um, I had a breakfast sandwich, and it had like a fried egg with a runny yolk. Ugh. It had an arugula that was dressed in a vinaigrette. What was the bread? It was a wheat. It was like a slice of like wheat bread. Okay. Like homemade? Um, Yeah. Because it was a bakery too. Okay. Yes. It wasn't super thick because it was toasted. So it wasn't like, I was afraid everything was going to 
like get smushed out when yeah. I ate it. Yeah. And the yolks did like run down my hands, but that was expected because it's runny yolk. Right. Um, but it wasn't like too, it wasn't too, th- it was like a, it was perfect. And, but first of all, a dressed arugula in the egg sandwich was so good. Yeah. Like it was a great, it was, I'm going to do that now. <laughs> you know. Egg sandwiches, dressed arugula. Like sure, arugula, I I would think to do arugula, but dressed like that is like what a vinaigrette. Level. Yeah, in the yeah. vinaigrette, it was so good, and it had an aioli on it. Meg, <sighs> I'm telling you, the secret to good food is it just takes forever. <laughs> you just have to do the extra steps. Yes, the extra steps really make make it all the difference. Yes. Sadly, yes. Um, all that food, I don't. With all that food that I ate in LA, I don't feel like anything I've cooked is interesting so okay let's hear what you've been doing okay so my friend Paige makes this salad that i had years ago and Ooh. every summer i text her and i'm like i need the salad recipe again and then Ooh. i make it once a week until october I when love, i'm so sick of it i can't look at yes. it again i love a salad that you eat forever until you're like i can't look at the salad ever again. it has right arugula here. tomatoes okay pistachios avocado Pist- what form are the pistachios in like how big are, are they are they chopped I just up? buy, no, I buy like the shelled pistachios. And you just throw them Dump in. them in. Okay. Shaved Parmesan with a lemon vinaigrette on it. It is mm. the best thing. I will say an arugula with Parmesan and a lemon vinaigrette is like chef's kiss. A perfect It's salad. perfect. And the pistachios give it this like really interesting earthiness. Okay. Um, And then, you know, avocado adds the creaminess. I have made it without avocado before, and it sucked. You have to have the avocado. Oh, avocado. Yeah. Um, so I've been making that all the time. My f- That doesn't last, though, right? You can't no, keep it in the No, that's fridge. the thing about this So salad. you have to just make it in portions. Yeah. Okay. And I usually, like, I, like, beg neighbors to take it when I make <laughs> it. I'm like, please eat the salad. It will not survive another hour. Um, <laughs> my favorite baking cookbook is The Perfect Cookie from America's Test Kitchen. Ooh. They have a streusel bar recipe. Oh my gosh, I love. I'm a sucker for a streusel, man. It was. It's so good. I didn't have raspberries, but I had strawberries, so I just like adapted, mm-hmm. adapted, and I made a raspberry or a strawberry rhubarb jam to put in it, and it was so good. Um, love rhubarb. I love. If rhubarb. anyone has rhubarb, you need taken off your hands. I'll take it. Okay, we should talk about rhubarb, but first, let's keep hearing. What okay, you're talking about. I made. Okay, <laughs> there is the most embarrassing cookbook that's like, Mom and Mom's Cook. It's called Our Best oh Bites. Gosh. Do you have it? No. Okay. Sounds... It's embarrassing, but they have really good recipes. <laughs> and one of them is a rosemary focaccia that you can put okay. together like two hours before you eat. Okay. So it's like, wow, I need a bread for dinner. I don't have time to do like an overnight rise. I can throw this together. It's salty. It's rosemary. It's delicious. Tons of yeast. You know, it's like quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's really good. Um, the half-baked harvest sour cream and onion potatoes are the best thing I've ever eaten. Sour cream and onion potatoes. Okay, tell yeah. me, walk me through. You like make your own sour cream and onion powder to add to your smashed potatoes. Okay, what's in the powder? Onion powder, garlic, parsley, salt. Okay. And then sour cream, obviously. Parsley, like you use dried or fresh? No, I use fresh. Okay. Because I have fresh because okay. like I went through for 40 minutes last episode. <laughs> I keep my own herb garden oh, on my counter. Oh, yes. Doi. Doi. Um, really, really good mashed potatoes, smashed potatoes that I just left the skin on and it was amazing. Um, 
we went to Menarca, which is where oh. El Mexo used to be, and it's very good. I Brandon got, went there. I got. Did he like it? Yeah. I got the lobster enchiladas. Ooh, that is fancy. It was good with like a crab sauce it's on Santo top. The Santo people that own that. Do you oh, know that? is that? Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, delicious. And we go to Oh My like once a week because mm-hmm. my second child loves it. Okay, hold on. Are you going to the one on 33rd? No, or we the go to the one, one in Draper. Okay. Oh, there's one in Draper. There's one in Draper. Crazy. Okay. So we get the pho and then I got the rainbow salad, which is like julienne oh. vegetables mm-hmm. and a really good like chili dressing that's super spicy, but it is so good. Oh, anyway. sounds great. Now we're going to talk about our, our, hold on. Let's go to rhubarb for a second. Yes. Okay, what did you put the rhubarb in? In that streusel? Yeah. Is that what you used it in? Yeah. Okay, I gotta say, I um, am obsessed with, like, a strawberry rhubarb pie in the summer. It's, like, one of my favorite things to make in the summer because it's just so delicious and fresh. And I love strawberry and rhubarb together. Like, it's so good. Because it's so sweet and so sour. Yes. And so I, like, got on this, like... I'm like, I want to have this flavor, not just in the summer, but all year round. And I'm like, I bet there is a freezer jam that exists, a strawberry rhubarb freezer jam that exists. Yeah. And I want to eat it because uh-huh. that sounds like my, for lack and of a better freezer word, jam, jam because you don't have to can it, right? Like you well, can not just only stick do you it- not have to can it, it tastes better. Freezer jam, I will, I will go on a tirade about freezer jam and why it is better because you're not cooking, you don't cook the fruit. You do cook the rhubarb because rhubarb, did you know, is toxic if yeah. you don't cook it. So you do have to cook the rhubarb, but the strawberries you are not cooking. That's why freezer jam is better because it's fresher. So like I am constantly, like I guess not constantly, but like three times a year I'll make batches of freezer jam that I'll just keep in my freezer and it will last me for months and I will never buy jam from a store again. Oh, I do like the uh, that French brand. Ma- Bonne Memo. Yeah. It's not as good as freezer jam. Okay, I'm but I don't you. have to I'm make it. T- okay, it's so easy. So now what I do is last year I bought rhubarb in the summer and the part that I didn't use, I just froze it. You can freeze rhubarb. So That's like the, just like the stalks? Did you chop it up? I chopped you it do? up. I chopped it up and then I put it in a bag and I froze it. Smart. Um, because rhubarb is very hard to find unless it's summertime. Oh, yeah. And it's even when it is find. summertime, it's hard to find. I always have to get it at Harmon's. I cannot find it anywhere else. I always, like, bum it off my neighbors who grow it. Oh, that's smart. I don't have those. Um, I mean, I have neighbors. <laughs> I don't have neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know humans. But a strawberry. So you cook the rhubarb, and then you just smash up strawberries. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll... And you, sugar. Yeah, I was going to say, do you yeah, have sugar? Yeah, it's a lemon sugar. Uh, I can't remember. Um, probably, though. Um, and then you just like, I think you add the pectin into the rhubarb while it's cooking. So you still use pectin. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you just mix it all together and then you put it in the freezer. And I'm telling you, it is better than anything. Okay. I'm so happy for you. I'm going to try this. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I could maybe bring you some next time because I probably have some in my freezer. I would love that. Okay. We're running short on time, but real quick, we started a conversation last week about some hacks and that got me thinking about like favorite kitchen tools which we touched on mm-hmm. last I time i still need to, if you find that thing that you smush I'll avocados just buy it with, for you buy it for me yeah, it's like two dollars so because i can't be ready i can only find back. the ginormous ones i can't find them. Yeah, i'll go next time <laughs> oh. i'm at Harmon's. okay one tool that i forgot to mention which is like it has changed my life is this pastry scraper 
that I never use to scrape pastry, but I do use it to pick up things that I've chopped mm. to add yeah, to bowls. I do like because those. you're not supposed to use your knife blade, which because is like everyone's dulls natural. Your knife. It dulls your knife. And it's also just a bigger surface area. It's, yeah, it's perfect. And you can like scrape, yeah. scrape. You're not worrying about it. the tool. You're I not worrying about the cutting board. Yeah. I also love it like cutting dough. Like, yeah. It's great. It's great. It's great. You won't realize how much you've missed having one in your life until you get one. What's your, do you have any other tools? To um, add? I mean, are we talking appliances too? Sure. Okay. I will say I, well, I, I want to make you rank some of these. Like, are you into an instant pot? I do use my instant pot. I do too, but it's not high on my list. I feel like I can do things. Do I use it for the most? Don't hate me. Rice. You do? Uh-huh. I've used it for rice too. But I don't I, have a rice cooker and I don't have room for one more. Appliance. Oh, that's the thing is I do have a rice cooker and it's actually from like 1985. And yeah. my, my mom gave it to me when I went to college. I it's think. probably amazing. And it is amazing. Yeah. It is like a tiger. Ti- I think it's like tiger brand. And my, I'm like somewhat embarrassed about it. So my friend came and was like, oh, don't look at my rice cookers from 1985. She's like, yeah, but it's lasting this long. I bet it's a really good It's got to be great. Yeah. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh, these are so expensive now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I should just keep this until it really dies. Um, I use my rice cooker all the time. Um, okay. Here's one. So an Instant Pot, though, I do use a lot specifically for like, just like specific things like steel cut oats. I do that and I'll just like have a batch for like a week that will last me Um, or like certain recipes I'll use. Like there's like a great butter chicken recipe that I use in my Instant Pot, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, I do feel like with most things in the Instant Pot, I can do without an Instant Pot. Instant Pot for me is like, oh shoot, I haven't really planned today and I need to cook something in a hurry. See, okay. Like I do a taco soup in the Instant Pot. Okay. See, for me, the Instant Pot is more like... It doesn't save me time. I don't for feel like. like frozen poultry. That okay. That's an, that's what I was gonna say. I will say I do use it for like a but like hard like vegetables like cooking hard vegetables. I love doing like spaghetti squash in there, butternut squash, like mm-hmm. um, artichokes or something in there. Um, yeah, frozen frozen meats. I kind of just stopped with frozen meats. It's not good because it's not good. Yeah, yeah it's like only for like you're like, shredding it and putting it in tacos. <laughs> Or yeah. a soup. Like, I would never just, here's the chicken I made in the Instant Pot <laughs> yeah. that was frozen an hour but ago. But yes, the soup, I can see that for the soup thing, just being like, okay, throw it all in, yeah. put it in the soup. Um, I will say an immersion blender is one of my top, yeah. pri- like, top used, highly rated, whatever, kitchen tools that I don't feel like everybody uses or knows about or thinks they need. But I need an immersion blender. And there's no, I cannot think of a way to really like replace my immersion blenders. Like, of course I could use a regular blender, I but guess. Then but then you're that like required... pouring pots yes, of soup into exactly, a blender. Exactly. And they're just like, I love a creamy blended soup. Yeah. And there's just no other way to get that than a blend, than an immersion no, blender. No, you need an immersion blender. I love blender. my immersion blender. That's my job. What are some tools that you've bought that you like ended up not ever using? Um, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. Garlic press. I hate a garlic press. A garlic it doesn't. Press, it doesn't work. A garlic press, yes, is garbage. It doesn't work. Use a microplane. That's that's one thing I was gonna say. A microplane is essential. An yeah. essential tool. You have to kitchen. have a microplane. Like the, um, I do it for ginger. I don't actually use it for garlic, but I do use it for like um, zest. Zest. Like you the, have to have it. The for zesters that exist, like that are not a microplane, are so bad. Garbage. 
garbage. Um, also, I know we've talked about this for the last three episodes, but a mandolin. I don't think yeah. I could live without my mandolin either. Another one that's not worth it, an egg white <laughs> separator. <laughs> I I don't have one, but I like the idea of it because when you do think about like the egg getting on like a dirty shell or something, I'm like, ugh, is this okay? Do you use your hands to separate eggs? Yeah, I just use oh, them. Yeah. I mean, like I do back and forth in the shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, sometimes they're like, don't do that because the shell could be dirty, but I do it anyway. I mean, I haven't thought about that, but <laughs> it's okay. The shells, eggshells in the U.S. are apparently very clean. Okay, well, thank you, hens, in, in for France, taking care of yourselves. In France, not so much, which is why we have to refrigerate our eggs. Do you know in France you don't have to refrigerate your eggs? But we have to because they're cleaner? No, because we do something in the process. There's like a whole article I read like several years ago about how we process our eggs and why we have to keep ours in the fridge. Mm. And it has something to do with like the shells and they're like, some process but it cleans the shell okay so i'm fine <laughs> i don't know somebody somebody fact check me on that i i don't know <laughs> <laughs> hate to be spreading misinformation here on beehive eats all right well i've got to go pick up my kid um but this has been fun thank you so much for listening we'll be back in a couple weeks to talk about what else we've been eating and cooking thank you so much okay bye, bye. bye.